It's Friday, November 15th, 2019, 52 days into the impeachment saga, and this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. Hope you're ready for another round of hearings because the gang's back in the Intelligence Committee hearing room today, and they'll be getting the tea from Marie Yovanovitch, the ousted U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. We'll tell you how round two of the hearings went in a special bonus Saturday drop tomorrow morning. Today, we're talking to HuffPost reporter and polling editor Ariel Edwards-Levy to learn what polls can and can't tell us about how the country feels about impeaching the president and what that means for how this all might end up. But before we get to all that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said that Trump's push for political favors from Ukraine amounts to bribery. Here's how she described Wednesday's impeachment hearings testimony in her weekly press briefing. The devastating testimony corroborated evidence of bribery uncovered in the inquiry and that the president abused power and violated his oath by threatening to withhold military aid and a White House meeting in exchange for an investigation into his political rival. Now, she's not the first, but she is uh, clearly the highest ranking Democrat to use that term, effectively cementing it as the messaging for the Democratic Party moving forward, which honestly makes sense. Quid pro quo, the term that's been used most often to describe Trump's alleged wrongdoing, means this for that, which is pretty close in definition to bribery. And bribery is listed right in the Constitution as a reason for impeachment. Also, note that she said threatening to hold up military aid. Whether $391 million in assistance to Ukraine that was frozen this summer acted as leverage in the alleged pressure campaign has been one of the biggest mysteries in this case. But under Pelosi's framing, the fact that the aid eventually went through without the investigations Trump wanted doesn't matter. It's the threat that matters. After all, Solicitation of a bribe is still a crime, even if it's not paid out. Meanwhile, Ukraine's foreign minister said Wednesday that the U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, never told him about any conditions needed to release the aid. Figuring out just who did and didn't know about the hold inside the Ukrainian government has been a massive headache. Ambassador Bill Taylor said this in testimony on Wednesday. What I heard from Ambassador Sondland, he described conditions for the security assistance and the White House meeting in those terms. That is, that were dependent upon, conditioned on, pursuing these investigations. And you heard that from Ambassador Sondland himself, correct? Correct. Taylor also said, though, that he was unaware of any Ukrainians who knew about the freeze before late August. Republicans have seized on that point as evidence that there's no way that the freeze was part of any bribery scheme. Several news reports and testimony from other U.S. officials, though, indicates that, yes, Ukraine was very much aware that there was an aid holdup and that it was about Trump's investigations. One person who might be able to say more clearly why the aid was held is Mark Sandy. He's Deputy Associate Director for National Security at the White House Office of Management and Budget. He's also the first OMB staffer who's willing to testify. He's set to do so behind closed doors on Saturday. And then Gordon Sondland himself is scheduled to testify on Wednesday to possibly clear all this up. It should be uh, illuminating no matter what. That was the news. This was the noise. Fox News' Laura Ingram heard Pelosi's press conference yesterday and thought that this was a solid rebuttal. But even assuming 
The Democrats strained and ridiculous interpretation of the facts, and I do not assume them, but just for the sake of their argument, attempted bribery isn't in the Constitution. I already covered why that's wrong literally seconds ago, so I'm just going to go ahead and play you the best part of this segment. Democrats think they're cats. I absolutely need that as my ringtone now. And now, for those of you who just love scientific data, we have today's reading from our Nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale, a zero is a normal day in a normal White House, and 10 is President Richard Nixon resigning and flying away in Marine One. This morning, we're at a 6.1. Thursday was intermission between two days of testimony, and the people are tired. It was a day of reflection on what had just happened and preparation for what's to come. Okay, after the break, we talk to Ariel about how impeachment polls. Do the people find it juicy or is it the pits? Stick around to find out. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLShop.com. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time for this fucking thing. Today, it's the polls, specifically impeachment polls, and what to look for when we're talking about what they mean for the future of the impeachment process. We've got HuffPost's Ariel Edwards-Levy with us today from D.C. to give us the tea on reading these tea leaves. Ariel, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I've been a big fan of yours on Twitter for a while, so it's great to actually be able to sit here with you. And likewise. So you're HuffPost polling editor, so uh, tell me, polls, magic crystal ball, or the world's dumbest science? Go. Yes, that is the dichotomy. There is no (laughs) (laughs) in-between. I think the problem is that people 
really, really want to see them as the former. And then when they fail to perform magically, we end up relegating them to the realm of useless. And the truth is, is this is something you will hear pollsters say annoyingly frequently, is that they're snapshots, they're not predictions. So what they polling can do is it can give you a pretty good idea of what the American public is thinking, you know, outside of your own situation and the people you talk to. What it can't do is tell you what's going to happen in the future, who's going to win an election, whether opinions are going to change a month from now. But it can sort of give you a guide of like what people are paying attention to, how they feel about it, and sort of what the emerging consensus is around an issue and what's changing. So when it comes to actually impeachment, what's the biggest mistake you think people are making? Is it that they're using it too much as a predictor? Or where in there are people uh, messing up when they're trying to like divine the future from these polls that we have so far? I think with that, the toughest impulse to avoid is, and I mean, I have been trying to avoid this myself, is trying to read too much into very sort of small movements. Because what I've seen with impeachment polling is that at the very beginning of this process, when Democrats said, "Okay, we're going to have an inquiry, this is something that's going to happen, you saw a pretty dramatic shift where people went from being on balance against impeachment to being on balance a little bit in favor of impeachment or at least in favor of an inquiry. And since then, things seem to have mostly stabilized. And we're now in this really interesting inflection point because, of course, the hearings just started. We're going to get our first new wave of polling back in a couple of days, probably, and see whether that's changed things. So this could be another point where things actually do start moving again. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think there's been this sort of tendency to say, okay, well, what does this tell us about 2020? What does this tell us about how things are changing? And the answer is things had pretty much sort of stabilized, but we're still so far out that it's It's not a guarantee of what's going to happen if something really major shifts in the actual news that people are responding to. Right. So just to check in, though, what do the polls say recently? Where was the public before the hearings? Any numbers you want to toss out there for the listeners to grasp onto? Sure. And uh, 538 has been running a combination of impeachment polls. And what they say right now is that polls asking about the impeachment process, you have about 52 percent support to 45 percent oppose for whether Trump should be impeached or impeached and removed, you have about 47% support to about 44, 45% don't support. And again, it's a little tricky to look at these all as like sort of one big amalgamation of polling because this question gets asked in a million different ways and how people respond to it is to some extent sensitive to how you ask them about it. But I think that gives you a sort of general guide, which is that you have a slim majority sort of in favor of having an inquiry. And you have people about even or slightly more likely than not to say that they do support impeachment. And that lines up with Trump's overall numbers. What should the Democrats and Republicans, each side, be most concerned about in terms of the actual polling data? I think if you're a Democrat, what you want to be looking at is there is one survey from CBS and YouGov recently that found that about a quarter of people said that they were open to changing their minds on this. So if you're a Democrat, I think what you want is you want to make sure that people are paying attention to this. This doesn't seem like just another incremental step of people yelling at each other. That This doesn't seem like, oh, well, Washington is corrupt. What do you expect? That this seems like something that stands out as particularly egregious and that this is new information that we're presenting to you about why this is egregious and to sort of capture attention. And, you know, you're probably not going to peel off the president's most loyal supporters. Probably not. The basket's going to remain closed. Yep. But but there are people who 
are out there who do not have a completely firm idea on this. And I think if you can try to make that case persuasively that this is a really big deal, this is different than what's come before, and this is worth your paying attention to and condemning. Beyond that, you know, shoring up Democrats and just sort of making it completely unanimous that if you dislike the president already, if you're sort of not inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt, that that translates into thinking, yes, and he should be impeached. Okay, so really quickly, a lot of people put weight in the idea that there's like a tipping point, basically, where after that, impeachment, removal, done deal, lock it up. Does that point actually exist? I mean, if this goes to the Senate for a trial, do those senators, in your opinion, vote at all based on this polling data? So this maybe goes into the snapshot, not a prediction thing. (laughs) I think the problem is that we have so little workable historical comparison here because, you know, you go back, you look at all the data around Watergate, it's fascinating, but we were not in quite the same era of polarization that we see now. It's hard for me to imagine at this point, that there's ever going to be anything close to a unanimous opinion among the American public about what Donald Trump has done. I don't think he's ever going to bot about on support, and I don't think certainly he's ever going to become fantastically popular. The battle lines are fairly dug in, and where that room is for movement is sort of in the middle and sort of at the edges. And that doesn't mean that's not important or consequential. It just means that the boundaries for how much is going to change, I think, are somewhat limited. That's fair. So rather than trying to use it as a map to the future, we should be locking each of these individual pieces of data up in the polling vault. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was appreciative. I want you to know that was appreciative. All right. So we're warping a year into the future. It's just after the 2020 election. Tell me, what do you think Trump's approval numbers look like? Right now, he's at 54.5% disapprove, 41% approve, according to 538. So... Your thoughts? So I think, you know, the president's approval ratings have gotten this really narrow band. Like, it's like the world's smallest pendulum, where it's usually between, like, sort of the high 30s and the mid 40s. Depending on what happens, it could finally escape that band. If he gets a bump from winning and sort of a tiny little honeymoon, although he didn't get much of one last time, if he's ousted in a particularly nasty way, that could tank his numbers. If there's some sort of economic recession, that could also tank his numbers. So I think it sort of just depends on how happy he is with those elections. Results, but you know, it's hard to see him ever being one of the most populous presidents of all time. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. He's he's not going to top off FDR and Lincoln, is what we're saying. Okay, before we let you go, it's time for the kicker. So, Ariel, what do you got for us today? I just wanted to share a question that was asked by the GOP counsel to uh, Taylor at the hearings yesterday. And the question is this. In fairness, this irregular channel of diplomacy, it's not as outlandish as it could be. Is that correct? And I feel like that is just I feel like it's not as outlandish as it could be as a defense is just sort of very emblematic of the moment in which we all find ourselves. Right. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. Well, this is all really dumb, but admit it, it's not as dumb as it could be, right? Ariel, thank you so much for bringing us that and bringing us your wisdom today. I am so glad you could take the time. Thank you. All right, friends, it's time to testify. So, today, Marie Ivanovich is appearing before the House Intelligence Committee to tell her piece of this whole mess. In late April, Yovanovitch was removed from her post as U.S. ambassador in dramatic fashion, after a whisper campaign soured the president against her. Yovanovitch will relay the story of how that came to be the case. 
be on the lookout for Democrats to tease out how the squad Rudy Giuliani ran out in Ukraine laid the groundwork for the current crisis. Republicans, meanwhile, will focus likely on how her firing had nothing to do with the call, is my guess, plus her lack of knowledge about the president's thinking will be in the forefront of their questioning. We'll have a short episode for you covering all of that tomorrow morning. But for now, go back and listen to our episode from November 6th to learn more about Yovanovitch and what she told Congress behind closed doors. It's titled, No Take Backsies on Congressional Testimony? Okay, that's it for today. Next week, we'll have all the news for you as we brace for three solid days of hearings. So uh, get some sleep this weekend, friends. You're going to need it. Impeachment Today is a joint production between BuzzFeed News and iHeartRadio, with new episodes dropping every weekday morning. Our show is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, and Jacopo Penzo, with editorial assistance from Tom Guerra. Editing by Josh Fisher, Taylor Hosking, and Ryan Kyloth. Julian Weller is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikader, Nikki Etor, Samantha Hennig, Maggie Schultz, and Ben Smith. Be sure to subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts and maybe leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show. And if you really want to show us some love, go to support.buzzfeednews.com and toss in a few bucks to help us keep making this show. Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bombas socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good, too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Re Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.